Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Have I not learned my lesson? Maybe I never Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, you see three smiling faces here, and that's Brian Anthony Davis. Oh, sounds like something just fell. Uh, it's An- the Davis house. It's it's <laughs> chaos. What's up, Brian? How's it going? <laughs> We're this close to the draft. I'm feeling groovy. It's been a crazy week. I'm ready for it to warm up. And I'm ready for three weeks from tonight just to be chatting with you guys like crazy and not enjoying any of the draft, just working my tail off. I absolutely, when I hear things falling in the background and you're going through a list, I'm waiting for you to say our pets' heads are falling off. Or our like pets' heads are falling off! <laughs> that, that's just a typical day at the Davis house. Yeah. I taught my children. One thing, when you're a Davis, you're going to win one lottery. One genetic lottery, and it's hair. You're gonna you're gonna be fine with hair in the genetic lottery. Coordination, you lost that at birth. Um, everything else, you've lost that at birth. So you heard that, and and my poor daughter, sweetheart, that she is, she could, uh, man, she is the bull in the china shop, and she learned it from dad. There you go, Dave Schofield. What's up? Hey, I'm here. I'm just thinking about it. You're like, I was like three weeks, three weeks, three weeks. I think I said four weeks on Stat Geek, but I was thinking four shows. So uh, I don't know if I said four shows or four weeks, but I might have messed that up. Um, but um, I started doing going through the calendar in my head. I'm like, yeah, it really is three weeks. Let's get this done. We are in the home stretch for sure, heading up to the NFL draft at the end of the month in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada is where they're having it. This year, and it's going to be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. Behind the curtain.com. obviously, should be your one stop shop for all things Steelers. The podcast platform is going to have you covered in terms of draft content. We'll lay that out as we get closer. But I hope you all are excited, and I am excited. I know the three of us are very excited for that event. Let's talk some news. Pre draft visits have started. Uh, Desmond Ritter reportedly was in the Steelers facility Thursday today. How much stock do you put into these pre draft visits, Brian? It's it's like anything. They're going to bring a lot of quarterbacks in just because they're on their mind. Possibly doesn't mean anything, but you don't want to. Uh, you want to make sure that you uncover every stone. You get your full idea on: Should we go first round? Should we go second round? Should we waste some draft capital to move up? Should we? What do we like? How we saw them at the combines. We saw them at their pro day. What do they do when they get into our house? So it's it's kind of like my kids. When they are out and you see them somewhere else, they're kind of they're kind of perfect angels. And then when they're with me at home or they're kind of completely different people, they're they're kind of maniacs. So with that being said, you get to see them how they act in your own house and act in your environment. And that kind of that kind of helps make some decisions too. Okay, Dave, what do you think about that? The pre-draft visits, uh, do you put much stock into that? Um, I put the Steelers out just like it was said in the live chat and just like I'll have for an article coming out of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's due diligence. The word is due diligence. And I've been saying due diligence – for a long time. And what that really means is, do you put a bunch of stock into who or what, who the Steelers are having or what positions? No, the Steelers are simply making sure they're covering all their bases. 
that whenever, however the draft plays out, that if someone's there that they wouldn't have expected, that they aren't guessing as, oh, would this person really be right for us? You've got to cover your basis. So no matter, you know, you have to see, you have to look at the first 20 guys. You've really got to look at the first 20 guys. And you could say, you could pull the story Brian loves to tell, and he's told many times about the draft in 19, um, I, because I, <laughs> I don't remember what year it was, where he stayed home and it was the first draft he ever watched. And Rod it was the, the Tony Dungy told Chuck Knoll, oh. look at that guy because because he's not going to be there when we pick. And then he was. That's the story. And it's it's a good lesson. You have to make sure you know that if there's a reason that there's a player that's going to be there, maybe you thought they weren't going to be there. You don't want to draft someone that high in the NFL draft that you haven't spoken to and looked into. You've got to know what you're doing. It could be any, anything and in the past, people were making such a big deal about it being quarterbacks. Brian brought up the position of quarterback, so I'll go on a little rant. That's because for 18 seasons, they haven't needed to worry about taking a quarterback in the first round. Now, doesn't mean that they have to, it just means that they are now at a, at a time in, the, in this franchise that they could at any time. So, therefore, that is now a position that they will include. Do you see the Steelers bringing in any running backs? Do you see him bringing any running backs? Yeah, sure. No, because they were set at running. They're set at running back after last year. That's why they haven't done this in the past, but now they are. You just got to kind of look at, you can cross out positions, but other ones you always just have to leave them open. Okay, so the question, <laughs> the next question I have is, what in the world could the Steelers potentially glean from these prospects, especially if they've, some of these players, let's look at Desmond Ritter, who is mm-hmm. reportedly visiting the Steelers on Thursday. Or did probably already happened. And they met oh yeah, because I already have a picture of him and Mike Tomlin for my article. <laughs> okay, well, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So there you have he. They they met with him mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. They met with him at the Combine. They were at the Cincinnati Pro Day. What in the world I'm else sure could they glean from this guy other than to say, "Hey, look at our six Lombardi trophies, Brian"? What do you think? Well, they could, you know, pick some brains and see different scenarios, like I mentioned, in their own environment. I'm going to try something a little different here. How many of you have gone on a great first date and the same impression that you got on the first date turned to, turned to, oh my gosh, I have to get away from this person by the fourth date. And so with each date, you kind of see, oh, wait a second. She's, uh, it's like Ross on Friends. Well, she's uh either she's kidding and she's not very funny or she's really racist <laughs> you, know, <that's, laughs> you know so you as you go along you're you're noticing different things and or the opposite of that you're noticing that all right i want more of this person i want to be around this person so much more to make not only have a fourth date but a ninth date and a maybe an anniversary because you see how things are going. And as time goes by, it either gets stronger or it gets weaker, that connection. All right, Dave, what do you think about what else could they glean from these prospects? I want to expand on Brian's example. Okay? <laughs> and Jeff's it. already rolling his eyes because, because it, he wants to talk about being the fourth date. So it's kind of like the first date. It's kind of like, a, oh, it's a kind of a group hangout and you're kind of meeting this person for the first time. And then you get a second date where the two of you might actually get to do something and spend some time to get together, go out to dinner. This is that date where they're coming over to your place for you to cook them dinner. You know, it's it's taking it that a little bit further. You, you don't do that on the first date, but this is now the player coming to the Steelers' house and, and looking through things um, in that manner. It's just taking it next level, like Brian said. Um, I, you know, the, you'll, you probably won't even hear about, because like Kenny Pickett or someone like that's not going to count towards their 30, right? Because he's local. Isn't yeah, right. He yes, Kenny Pickett is yeah. a local visit, which is he has to be within the quote unquote metropolitan area, in which case mm-hmm. they have no definitive radius or anything like that. It is it's it's weird. I did well, some research. It counts because they're in the same yes. freaking building. West Virginia <laughs> University counts, and I even think Penn State counts. Penn, I was wondering if Penn State did or not. I think um, Penn State counts. 
Uh, yeah. So just because of that, so you can take some of these things or not, but why, why not? Why not? Even let's say, let's say maybe they're like, Oh, well, what if they don't bring in Willis or something like that? Or, or, um, or, or even just another player in a different position. Well, maybe they got enough from them from where they met with them before. Maybe they felt like they kind of had to share the spotlight with a, with, with another team in those situations. It's, you don't know what's really going on with these things. So it's kind of like, all right, well, maybe they just, they still wanted to check a couple things out. So to give you an update on the schedule. So like I said, Ritter was Thursday, supposedly Friday is Sam Howe, I believe of North Carolina. Next week is Corral and strong. Those are from Ole Miss and Nevada respectively. And then the week after that is Malik Willis coming into Pittsburgh. These are all reports of when they're going to be coming in for their pre-draft visit. So it's going to be crazy. We'll continue to talk about it, but like everyone said, due diligence, it's just really interesting. And this process hasn't happened in two years due to COVID-19 protocols. It's the first time they've gotten players and prospects back in the building. Brian, go ahead. And if you don't mind me recycling one of my jokes that I just came up with recently, they're they're bringing everybody in with a QB in their title. So from Arcadia State, Qbert is coming in next week as well. Arcadia. <laughs> I'd like to have a moment of silence. Uh, we're going to put that joke to bed. Um, it was a uh, it was a good it was a good no run. no 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 you don't need to dun, you need dun, to dun, dun, no, need to, dun, need to dun, see dun, dun, before dun, you put it to bed. <laughs> It's dead. It is dead. Yeah. <laughs> they don't all hit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it did hey, the first you, four times. Scuff <laughs> now, you'll be telling it later. Yeah, I bet. Okay, let's talk about the uh, podcast in general. The headline or the title of this show is, we all know the glaring Steelers needs. I mean, we all talk about quarterback. I mean, my goodness, if you aren't so sick of hearing about quarterbacks, <laughs> by now then i don't know what you, you haven't been listening to all our podcast it seems like we're always talking about quarterbacks myself included on let's ride but i wanted to talk about some often ignored areas of need on the steelers roster the, these this isn't necessarily for the draft this is just a need on the roster positional need that a lot of people are not really talking about and i'm not here to say that no one has talked about this so you know, someone that's in the live chat or listening in audio form does say, well, I was talking about this here. Yeah, some people have talked about it, but it's not getting as much attention as other positions like a quarterback. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. I have two for offense and two for defense. Uh, if, if you take it, that's fine. We're going to talk about it. Brian, I'll let you go first. What is a position on the offensive side of the ball that might be ignored by a vast majority of the fan base, but is still a need? I'm actually going to say running back. Mm, that was one of mine. That was one of mine. Why? Go ahead. Explain. You know what? You've got the guy in Najee Harris, but you know, in this, actually nobody expected him to play 17 games last season. And that's durability with that position. When you're getting hit every single time that you touch the football, unless you get into the end zone, then you're probably in a situation where you, the wear and tear is so much more. I heard somebody mention, wouldn't it be awesome? And it was one of our shows. If they went out and got a guy like Brees Hall in the third round, if they could get a guy like Brees Hall and just get another stud and just have two stud running backs. And you see how it works. Like, look at Cleveland. They, uh, You had not just one running back hurt. You had two running backs hurt last year. And you were going with somebody, the Ernest Johnson, at one point. So, really, the Steelers in the last 10, 12 years, they really did not have a lot of depth at running back. Now, when they brought in James Conner, that was a good situation, but Le'Veon Bell was already starting to show signs that he might not be coming back. You had the D'Angelo, how often was D'Angelo Williams? for two years in a row so valuable to being on that team because of the situation with not just Le'Veon Bell's suspensions but Le'Veon Bell's injuries so you really do you really want to go into a situation where you're relying on number 24 Benny Snell Jr. and maybe I don't even know if Kalen Balaj is really still on the team I mean I, I don't know agent. he's a free yeah agent. so you you probably want to bring a running back in there. Um, 
like a fourth or fifth rounder, or you want to go ahead and bring in a guy like, and we talked about this before, a, a Tariq Cohen, somebody that on the cheap, but you can have them as a very good running back. So if it were your choice, Brian, would you rather have a flyer on a late round undrafted player or to get a veteran, um, like a Philip Lindsay's out there, you brought up Tariq Cohen, uh, which Avenue would you go to address this need? I'm going veteran. Okay. All right. And you like Tariq Cohen, obviously for obvious reasons, does have a chemistry with Mitch as well. It's, it's, I think that is it, is that the guy you're thinking about? Yeah. And he's young. I mean, yep. he's, he's not that old. I, I like the idea of, of Lindsay as well. I mean, I really don't care who because nobody was going absolutely crazy when when you bring in a guy like D'Angelo Williams. But, I mean, it's so valuable to have that guy that could do some things. And we have noticed that the one, the one position, if you have the right backup, you, cannot, you can actually still make the Super Bowl and not miss a beat, too much of a beat, with a backup running back if you lose your star. Yeah, that's a great point. Dave, uh, do you want to say anything about the running back before we uh, get, let you go to another position? That's all I have for offense. Um, mm, really? I'm well, shocked. if you say that's not talked about because the one that is talked about, I have, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of them. But running back is the one. And the reason I say it's not talked about is because it's not high profile to do it. I like Brian's approach um, of saying, I would prefer them to bring in a veteran even after the draft, you know, and the reason you wait to after the draft is if something, if something you didn't expect to be there is there late in the draft and you want to say, Oh, let's, or let's go that route or something else wasn't there. So they did grab a running back. Then you don't have too many, but then if not, you don't address it in the draft. You can say, Hey, let's go out and, and look at a vet, you know, for vet minimum or slightly above things like that. Brian brings up Tariq Cohen. Jeff might know this because I sent this to him earlier. If Tariq Cohen would happen to land on the Pittsburgh Steelers for for the 2022 NFL season, that means that one Mitchell Trubisky would have two of the top three receivers from where he threw the ball in his time in Chicago. With Anthony Miller as well. Because Anthony Miller, I mean, if you talk about number of receptions, it went, of course, Allen Robinson. Second was Tyree Cohen, and third was Anthony Miller. If you look at yardage, it went Allen Robinson, then Anthony Miller, then Tariq Cohen. So that would be crazy if they had that and brought back that. I just thought that was interesting. Do you think that uh, Najee Harris is a workhorse, and it almost seems like he loves it? And that, yeah. that's what's crazy. And you listen to Mike Tomlin's comments and he says, this guy wants the ball. He wants the workload. Not that he should have that, but is there a part of you that wonders Benny Snell, has he ever had an offensive line that's worth a crap and given him an opportunity to just be a guy that can come in and take a series off of Najee Harris? Brian, is there anything about Benny Snell that makes you think maybe they could roll with him in the last year of his rookie contract and then address running back to after that? There's a possibility that he could be okay in this new system, but really I, I kind of think that's all played out when you're looking at two or three years, you had a little bit of brilliance here and there, but you've had a little bit of brilliance with Jalen Samuels as well. You can have a great offensive line game and a great running, running attack for that one game and have that, that super, that super stat line when you're the UPS ground winner of the week, but how sustainable has it been? And I really don't think it has been with Benny Snell jr. I mean, they can go with it, but if you can get the kind of veteran that look at what the Kansas city chiefs did last year, Jarek McKinnon's a guy that all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, we've got our guy for the playoffs. And they really, you saw what he did to Pittsburgh and you know, so I think when you get a 27, 28 year old back in there that's hungry to prove, I think that's a better situation because I think the, the Benny Snell Jr. train has kind of lost some steam. Dave, do you have any faith in a running back committee of Anthony McFarlane and or Benny Snell Jr.? Well, 
you never know with McFarlane because of the injury last year, if the Steelers are still high on him, but just felt he was never recovered. I don't know. It might be that he's an afterthought at this point. When it came to, to Benny Snell, I was always more inclined to give him more of a chance. I would, I was thinking of that game in the rain uh, to finish out the season in 2019 uh, before one quacking quarterback just completely took them out of that game at the end of the first half after Snell was running extremely well and thought about all the potential there. Maybe he could be something. But even though I am a stats guy and the stats didn't look that bad, the thing that now sticks in my brain is that game to end the season against Baltimore this season when Najee got dinged up and missed a large portion of that game until the fourth quarter and how the Steelers' offense seemed like they could do nothing. So you need someone that can be there that you that is enough of a threat that you still feel like you have an offense. And I don't know that at, that Benny Snell was going to be that guy after that being our the, the thing that's fresh in our mind. All right, I'm going to go to another position. Dave said he didn't have one outside of running back. I'm going to go tight end. Um, <laughs> in you know what? what oh, well, no, I, well, no, I thought about tight end, but the thing with tight end. Have we talked about that? I really haven't talked about tight end. I mean, no, we haven't talked about it. The question is, it really comes down to philosophy of how many tight ends that candidate is planning on deploying. Because the yeah. last thing you want to do, because you've got Muth, you've Gentry has really come along. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to deploy three tight end sets at all, then you're once again saying, why aren't they being used? Kind of like we've heard about Derek Watt for two years. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, it's okay. Eric Ebron is a free agent, so he is mm-hmm. considered unemployed right now. And they have Kevin Rader. They have Gentry. They have Fryermuth, which, by the way, if you're a big Pat Fryermuth fan, check out Let's Ride on Friday morning. I Basically, all I talk about in the first half and then even talk about <laughs> it with Michael Beck in the second half. Uh, a lot of Fryermuth conversation. Mm-hmm. But still, this, it's a great point you brought up, Dave, and that is how is Matt Canada going to want to utilize his tight ends? And where does Derek Watt or an H-back fit into that role? And we saw that a little bit in the preseason last year. I know Jeffrey Benedict was all stoked about Trey Edmonds and his play and then how they used him. And he might be a, a guy that could really be a flex option for the Steelers. Do you think there is a need to bring in another tight end or are you okay with their current depth chart? Brian, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, there could be a need. It's just, uh, and you mentioned Kevin Radar, 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 um, Kevin Radar. You know, it's just, you're right. Dave's right about philosophy as well. I'm kind of thinking that, you know, they love the mute thing. They, I mean, this is a position where you can bring in a seventh rounder or you can bring in an undrafted free agent to see what sticks because they've had, they've, done real well with that but i really think that they love where zach gentry's trajectory is going so i i kind of think that uh they're not planning on doing much there if you had if you brought in a veteran i mean they could very easily bring back a guy like eric ebron but why spend the money when you when you really know what you have and you're in your best shape at that position on anywhere of that, that team with how Zach Gentry just really progressed in 2021. Dave, your thoughts on the tight end position and how they're going to utilize those. And if they want to add another one to the mix. Well, I kind of interrupted you a little bit just to say, say that anyway, if, if you're not, unless you're thinking about doing a lot of three tight end sets, they're fine. They are. So they wouldn't have to address the position. But if they did, and I don't think they're, you're, we're talking about addressing it high in the draft at all. Mm-hmm. You would talk about something later on. If they if they wanted to do that, I mean, for all you know, they want to restock um, someone that they want on the practice squad. I know they have was it Jace? Is it Sternberger? Or something? Yeah, I'd always get his last name wrong. That they that they have him as well. They could they would could be just fine. But if it's something that they wanted to throw someone else in, that that would that would be fine as well. See, for me, I think if you're going to add a tight end, it's not your athletic tight end. You have that in Fryermuth. If anything, you want a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. And that way, you want people always say, well, the slot receiver, they need a slot receiver. What if the slot receiver is what they want to do with Pat Fryermuth? 
yeah. and he is your slot receiver and you need another blocking tight end for different two tight end sets. Again, it comes down to how you want from a philosophy standpoint. It, Brian, did you have another offensive position that we feel like we missed or do you want to head over to defense? I'd like to go to defense, Jeff, for right. 2000, please. For 2000, what is your position of need that is often ignored? Brian, go ahead. Well, I don't even know how it's really been ignored if I go ahead and say the one, the one position. So I'm going to stay away from that, but I think it's often, often ignored. So I'll let you go with that. So I'm going to actually say right now, what we're talking about the last couple of years, I think edge that outside mm. linebacker position is, is kind of where they don't feel they have to do too much with, but you know, that's really a spot you need some depth in. I know you brought Jannard Avery in. I think that is, I think Avery's going to be an Arthur Motes type player because he could play inside. He could play outside. And that versatility is, is definitely huge, but I just think it's been largely ignored and for good reason, because you have the defensive player of the year there. That's a great point, Dave. What are your thoughts on uh, the edge or outside linebacker being a team need? See, that's that's the category that I had here because everybody else is talking about all the other positions. So if you're talking about the one that's ignored, you have to talk about they're not talking about. And that would be edge. And you do need to make sure that you are set there with some depth. And how how often do the Steelers go without drafting an outside linebacker? Very rarely. I would not be shocked for – I'd be shocked if it was in the first round. I really would. I'd, be, I'd even be shocked if it was day two. But I would not be shocked one bit if the Steelers draft an outside linebacker again this year. They didn't keep theirs from last year that they drafted. Um, or maybe they don't. But having some other people there to that, that could – be depth behind your two main starters uh, is is a need, um, but it's if they address it in the draft or if they want to still see if there's someone else out there later on. Yeah, I mean, I think that if Quincy Roche was still on the roster, that we would all be viewing this a little bit differently. But, uh, still, he's not, and a lot of people were really upset when that happened. I could that's a great. I didn't think about Edge, but I like that one being one that not a lot of a lot of people are talking about and adding a little bit of depth in that at that position. And I don't think it would be a slap in the face of Alex Highsmith. I think no. that's what a lot of people are thinking like, Oh, well that would mean that Alex Highsmith stinks. Not necessarily. No. Uh, you want a three person rotation. Think about what they did when Melvin Ingram was still happy in Pittsburgh. They rotated all three at all different positions and it worked out great. I think that's where they hopefully want to go. So it definitely is neat. I'm going to give you one on the defensive side of the ball. And it's very specific. And it was a glaring need, in my opinion, in 2021. And that is a specific slot cornerback. And I'm not talking about a player who can flex down. I'm talking about a slot. Give me a Mike Hilton. To me, Mike Hilton was unbelievably missed on that defense last season. And Arthur Millette is great, and they already signed him back uh, for this upcoming season. But he's not Mike Hilton. And Mike Hilton, they, we all talk about on the outside because Joe Hayden, he's still on the market. They re-signed Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace. He can play both, uh, but he can also play on the outside. You know, Justin Lane's still there. James Pierre is still there. Uh, Cam Sutton is still there. But I want a Mike Hilton type. I might be crazy, and you all might say that, Jeff, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I just think that's for me. Brian, what are your thoughts on that slot cornerback role? it's it needs to be taken care of you're absolutely right you a lot of people are and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show that you know maybe cornerback position does not actually i'm sorry i just recorded another show so we didn't talk about this earlier in the show <laughs> so check out kevin smith and myself tomorrow <laughs> where we talked about the cornerback position and not being and really actually being a need because do you want to go with all these number twos or do you want to have a star there? And I, I kind of think that you need to have a star there, but that slot corner position, they did so well with a guy like Mike Hilton. And I just don't think it's the strength at what it was. So it probably needs not probably it needs to be addressed. Dave thoughts on that. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it to say specifically slot. And here's here's why. Because my mentality with with this show, with about being often ignored, is I'm like, it's not in the discussion that there's still a huge glaring need like safety. I mean, my goodness, that's yeah. the big thing everyone talks about. Or it's not necessarily a position you would expect to take in day one or day two. People are like, oh, well, the D-line, everyone's talking about getting younger at the D-line. Oh, Buck line, everyone's talking about Buck linebacker and how they're going to handle that. Corner, they're talking about, do the Steelers have a number one? I love how you brought up specifically the slot corner, that it's a lo- that it's more ignored. But the reason I think that it is, is because a lot of Steeler fans already have it penciled in that if they could upgrade and get that big guy not big necessarily in size, but that that number one cornerback, if they took one really high in the draft or something of that nature, that then they have their slot corner in Cam Sutton, I think is what a lot of Steeler fans mm. think because you've already got Witherspoon. Now, but he's not the same style as Mike Hilton. So it's it's all in what you're wanting to do with that position. But that's what a lot of Steeler fans have in their mind. Oh, well, because they're already thinking with Witherspoon and Wallace and Sutton that they would be, you know, you bump Sutton inside when the other two were on the outside and sub package stuff and things of that nature. How is it going to work if you even have another person in there? Um, So to me, I would almost say what's often ignored is what they have a little bit at corner, but not specifically at slot corner. So unless they're going to, unless they're thinking of that position of not being the very same way they had it when they had Mike Hilton there. Well, and let's also not forget that slot cornerbacks in today's NFL are essentially starters. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. back when, oh, let's throw the nickel out there. And in the nickels, basically a lot of teams, including the Steelers, at least under Keith Butler, that was kind of their base formation. It, the three, four was not used the majority of the time. They didn't, I remember last season before the year started and they're like, Hey, coach Butler, what do you think about the dime? He goes, we need to find a nickel first. And they go, Oh my God, think about what you're saying. Like that's how dire it was before the season last year. And At least he really, was honest. Yeah, I know he was. <laughs> and it, but the funny thing is, is that they haven't really made too many upgrades at the position. So it'll be interesting. I think Levi Wallace could be that guy. If they get one of the, let's say they draft a top end cornerback in the, in the draft that is going to be able to play outside. We'll see. But that's a definite need. Uh, anyone have another position that they want to mention before we move on? Brian, are you good? I am just dandy, my friend. Fantastic. Dave? Yeah, because as I was saying before, all those other play yeah. uh, positions are ones that you look at a little bit more and are like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of how they, um, you know, everyone's talking about them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now, this was a story that happened last weekend. It was a great story, and then the Steelers hangover got brought up, and there were crickets, and it was the wrong show. I don't know if Brian remembered this or not, but this is really big for this show, the Steelers preview. And this happened last weekend. Last weekend, we found out an answer to a question we have been plagued with since 2021, (laughs) and that is the disappointing fact that Najee Harris's middle name is not Jerome which I knew that all the whole long. I might still call him Jerome, but Brian found out Najee Harris's middle name. Brian, you, you told the story on the hangover and boy, you didn't get any reception. At all oh yeah. Thank Tony you. Or Shannon. They were literally like crickets. I'm like, they're not even saying anything about this. So thank I was like, I got to bring so it up. On Thursday. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Because I was like, really? Homies, you left me down. Da- let me down here. Yeah, what's, tough what's crowd. On? Tough crowd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but this is, this is what, this is what sets the preview apart. Yeah. And it's, and the fun thing about the preview has been the fact that not only you, the three of us could joke around about giving Najee Harris our own middle name that we saw elsewhere. And everywhere you look online, they're still putting Jerome in there. But, <laughs> and I'm going to tell the story real quick. So I got to meet him in person at an autograph signing in Chantilly, Virginia. And they were, man, they were rushing us through because I was at the very end of the line. And Najee, at the very beginning, was, man, he was talking to everybody. He's such a vibrant personality. So when I told him that I was with Behind the Steel Curtain, I'm the podcast producer, you two saw the video. I'm not sharing that with the, the outside world. I'm just keeping that for us. But his exact words were like, stopped. He didn't realize that I was talking about his middle name. 
And he asked the question, are you the ones, I'm just going to throw this word in there, messing up my name. Yeah, don't say the exact words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, and and I, I was like, no. I mean, I was like, like, no. What's my name? I said, well, I think it's Mazee, maybe. No, 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 no. What's my first name? What's my first name? And I said, well, and he was fun. He wasn't a jerk. He, you saw in the video, he was fun. And I said, well, it's Naji. And he looks at me and goes, good job. <laughs> and he goes man i hate that that i mean i don't care if they mess up my my middle name but i hate that they mess up my first name and he, he said, said that Na, on he said na g i said na g that's that's how he wants it pronounced not na -G. It na g it's not na g it's not yeah. a z sound in there yeah so i guess it's very important na and then he said, okay then he said hey middle name you can call me it's mose but you can call me mo so uh, na g mo Naji Mose Harris. I love it. Of... I love that name, Mose. And I, I believe it's spelled M-Z-E-E, -E, but we were I they were ushering me out at that point. He wasn't in handcuffs. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this: when I gave him the business card, I said, Hey, if you want to be on our show, he picked it up and said, Okay. So He's not. Did you out. just use a credit card to pretend <laughs> to play that out for those of you yeah, it's, watching it's, on YouTube or Facebook? Yeah, it's I had it's my wife's, <laughs> and it was in my. Don't pocket. show both sides. People pause <laughs> it and zoom in. Yeah. Well, great for giving them the idea, Dave. <laughs> it's like people that are want to get that say, "Hey, we're giving away these these two tickets to the Steelers game," and they show a picture of them with the barcodes. I'm like, ah, uh, you ain't got two tickets to give away anymore. <laughs> because guess what? Everyone's gonna go out and rip them off. Okay, well, that was in my pocket, and, and when my wife finds out that I get gum on it, I'm in a lot of trouble. So I'm gonna go like try to get goo gone and get that off of there. But no, so Mose is the answer. Yeah, Naji Mose Harris. Yep, Jerome Mose. sounds a heck of a lot better. Oh, I like Mose. I think that's suave. Mose. Naji Mo. Naji Mo. Now, that's when you say something like Naji Mose, you kind of want to. You're, you're not ready for. Harris, you're really not. You're ready for something else. Well, I Koye, you know something. Yeah. You know what? If I'm getting a Naji Mose, I, I want to get one from 1995 that's been aged. Because mm -hmm. hey, bartender, get me in the lady. I, I, 1995 Naji Mose. Mose. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So you only there are only two Steelers at the signing, right? Deontay Johnson and, yeah, and Naji. It, it was weird because usually the Sunday. At this show, every year is chock full of people. There are Steelers. There's Hall of Famers. I have talked to Hall of Famers over the year at the show. I've talked to Roethlisberger, Bell, Brown, Shazier. I've, I've talked to a bunch. And I've talked to guys like Shamarco Thomas and Yancey Thigpen. And I, I've, I've met so many over the years here. But there's only two this time. But it was a lot smaller because there's a lot of fallout from the last couple of years and they're just getting back to business, but there's a lot of black and gold there. I got to meet Deontay Johnson. Fantastic, fantastic young man. I really like talking to him. Very good person. Um, they didn't usher me through because I was like the last one too. Cause I bought my tickets late, but I let a couple people in front of me cause I knew I bought them late. So I knew I'd be last and they wouldn't have to just push me out of the way, but something else happened, gentlemen, that I Two things happened that I did not get a chance to really discuss with you. The Steelers Pro Shop was there. And I went in to price the new pants. Place oh. the finnies. <laughs> and they had the perfect size for me, but not the perfect price. I almost came home with Zach Banners, which would have been the perfect <laughs> size. And you're not uh, tall enough. <laughs> no, no, they would have. Well, but those yeah. pants are so short. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they go to your knees. You could have had them to your <laughs> yeah. ankles. No, I, I would have been fine. He learned Sam's thought... Club on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that, Jeff. So $150 with 25% off, and I just wasn't doing it. But live chat, super chat. If you want to see me in Zach Banner's pantalones, Okay, please don't really put weird. a live. Please don't put a tip in. <laughs> <laughs> now hold on. Before I go, before we go to trivia, 
Dave, you had an opportunity to go see one Mr. Ben Roethlisberger, Benjamin Todd. Yes, did. Um, and you didn't get a chance to talk about that. I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about that experience of seeing Ben speak at the men's conference in what town was it? That was that that was at Liberty University. Oh well, there so, you go. did you see Malik when you were down there? I did not, but okay. I, I that's in Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> I had never been to Liberty University, uh, although I had been to Lynchburg before uh, in college when I competed with track and field. But I was at Lynchburg College or the University of Lynchburg, whichever one it's called, I can't remember, which was in the northern end, and I and Liberty's on the southern end. So I'd never beautiful campus. This got the hillside with, I mean, all kinds of great stuff out there. But yeah, saw um saw one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Uh, he was actually there. Um, he wasn't scheduled to speak on Friday night, but he was there with, uh, he came out during, there was a concert with Micah Tyler that if you don't know who that is, that is the, the, the artist that has the shirt that was different. And that was the shirt that Ben wore going to training camp that day. He told the story about it. It was actually pretty, pretty neat about how he had a different shirt on that day and was getting ready to go and then went back and just decided to change to that one. And he wasn't even really sure why. And then that's when it blew up. And then the shirt started to blow up. And that's when they decided to do the things uh, with they were where they were doing the, um, you know, donating the meals through. Um, I can't even remember who it's who it's the through. Pittsburgh I Food Bank. Basically. Yeah, yeah so, I bought two. I bought two of them. One for yeah, my wife, one for I went to buy one, and they were a few X's short. Um, was the problem? But uh, and then he spoke on on Saturday, and for that one, I was there. I was I was in the fourth row in the middle there, ready to. Um, to, to listen. I've written a couple articles about it. Uh, one was he was talking about the change in focus uh, from the Ben Roethlisberger Foundation, you know, where they where they do the um, the service dogs for police and fire um, is that he's actually uh, creating the Ben Roethlisberger Family Foundation. They bought a farm just down the road from their house to to set up as a retreat center to try to help connect families more specifically dads and sons you know cuz you know th- uh, that's something that's on his heart with our country that there's a lot of there's a lot of broken relationships between fathers and sons um and and to try to help build that um told some pretty good stories it was more of an interview style it's not like he just came out and spoke on his own um but uh, that was it, it, it was a a, a real good re- real good time just just to hear Ben talk that's awesome. That's awesome. So both of you guys got a little black and gold uh, fix there in the off season. That's great. Um, I don't have any stories like that. So all right, let's go. We to- should have sent you on the cruise. See, that's why they might not have more Steelers for Brian. That was the end of the Steelers cruise. And I actually had had a had one of my co offense one of my former teammates on the offensive line from high school football did security on the cruise. And nah. reached out to me to tell me he was there on the cruise working security for the Steelers cruise. I'm like, if you ever need someone that's really intimidating, you you just hit me up. There you go. Jeff has security experience. We talked about on that show. Sir Elton John, get it right or pay the price. As Ugg once said on Salute Shorts. Anyways, um, let's <laughs> do we have trivia tonight? Yeah, I do. All right, uh, let's go day first. Go ahead. Well, mine is I decided to come up with my own in the same style that Brian has been doing with the player cards that I was that I came up with. a. Well, I, I, I wasn't sure what to ask about this. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it. And what's going to be ironic is if Brian had the same card tonight. Um, I'm not doing but, cards. Oh, that's good. That's good. OK, so. I was just curious about something. I looked it up and then I just wanted to go a little bit for a little bit farther. So this is since the NFL merger. This player is the shortest player to start a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tree Archer. I don't think tree ever started. Ryan Switzer. You're an inch too tall there, bad, but that's a pretty good guess. So I'll give Chris you rainy. I'll give you another one. You're also an inch too tall. You're ready? Um, and I don't know that he started. This is one of 26 players to play in the NFL from the University of South Dakota. This is Gunner O. No, no, not a Gunner O. He's not the South no, he's Dakota. Be, he's he's Bemidji, Bemidji State. Bemidji State. We did yeah. this last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ready for the next one? Yeah. In his one season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had the same number of special teams tackles as his jersey number. Hmm. 
You want to take a guess, or do you want me to just keep I, going? I, I keep have on no going. Keep okay, going. this is getting a little bit easier than the last one. You guys should get it. The season after he played for the Steelers, he had the longest play in the NFL that season. It's not Howard Jones because he went to Shepherd. Uh, wasn't and he wasn't little either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> The little oh, things drive me nuts. So he's probably a uh, kick returner. Stefan Logan earned a spot on the 2009 Steelers roster by returning a punt for a touchdown in the final preseason game. That would be Stefan Logan. Nice. He's a jackrabbit. The South Carolina State Jackrabbit. Here's what's crazy. He started one game for the Steelers. It was the final game of the, of the season. He was a running back. I don't know where he lined up. But that whole season, he had no carries, one target for one reception for five yards. That's all he did on the offense. How tall was he? He five foot seven. Wow. That's, that's probably on a good scale, too. Yeah. That's yeah, I see other places that had him at five foot six. Yeah, I was Ste- going to say. One great thing about Stefan Logan is he is, I believe he's the kick return average all-time mm-hmm. leader for a single season for the Steelers. Yeah. yeah and because in 2010, he had a 105 yard kick return for the, for the Detroit lions. He was a pro bowl alternate that year for kick returner for the NFC. I love that. Yeah, I, just wanted, I was just curious who the shortest dealer was. Cause <laughs> and, and I, and I looked it up and that's great, that Dave. I, I like that. <laughs> All right, Brian, go ahead. The, the forgers. Everybody talks about the great 1974 draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We even talk about a guy that was, well, he was an undrafted free agent and he, Tony shell, the torpedo went to the hall of fame. You have other hall of famers. Number one, was Lynn Swan, number two, Jack Lambert. No number three pick. The number four pick was John Stallworth. There was a 4B pick. And number five was, of course, Mike Webster. That number four pick, that 4B pick, stuck around for the Steelers for four years. And when he was, he was also a guy that went to the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions in 1980 adopted another one bites the dust of their theme song when as their theme song when they went 4 and 0 and this man was the lead singer of their version of another one bites the dust who was the Steelers 4B pick i'll give you the position he was a corner and he was half decent for the Steelers I'm not allowed to answer because I actually looked this up for a re- for a recent draft article. Okay. Well, that I, was I have no clue. I know exactly who it is. Then say it because I have no idea. No, it's not fair because I literally was just looking this up for the draft well, for the, 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 for the series it. of articles. I was just I just did. So give me so, his name. His name's Jimmy Allen. His name is Jimmy Allen. Now, yeah. Jeff. His name is James Lee Allen. There, there you go. <laughs> He's a nickname. Do you even know what that was? Yes. Uh, I, I looked this because Spider-Man. I Man. Yes, and I clicked on it and looked at him because I was looking at that famous draft, and I'm like, because I thought of that as a trivia question. I just wanted to know who was the other guy before Webster that didn't make the Hall of Fame. I almost asked that question tonight. Now, you gentlemen are, and I'm going to talk about this in my final thoughts. But Jeff and Dave are two of my best friends in the world, mm-hmm. and I am going to give Jeff a couple gifts tonight. But the first gift, and this is going to be a gift for Dave as well. Do you know, and you don't know, who the number 12 pick at number 308 for the Steelers was? He was a linebacker out of the University of Simpson. I've never heard of Simpson, whether it's Simpson College or University of Simpson. But do you know who that player was? You don't. But you're not going to forget it when when I tell you. At number 308, the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1974 selected <laughs> linebacker Hugh Lickis. <laughs> L-I-C-K-I-S-S. Hugh Lickis. It's no Dick Shiner or Buzz Nutter, but it's definitely a close third. Hugh Lickis. Wait, spell that again? Because I actually L-I-C-K-I-S-S. saw this K-I-S-S. Hugh so Lickis. <laughs> Wow. Interesting. Hugh Lickis. There you go. 
Jimmy Allen and Hugh Lickis. Never yeah. forget it. Never forget. All righty. So uh, that's good <laughs> stuff. Hey, let's do final thoughts. Uh, Brian, go ahead since you have the microphone. Okay. I mentioned that uh, you are both two of my best friends in the world and I value you. But, and I, I have a gift here and it's only for Jeff. And, but I will get something for Dave in the future. Jeff, I think you have earned this for a long time. I put it on our Slack channel. You didn't mention anything, but I acquired something else when I was in Chantilly over the weekend. And this is for you, my friend. The only Steelers Dick Shiner card. He's in a Cleveland Browns. He's uniform. in a Cleveland Browns, but this is a 1969. I believe it's a Tops. And this, my friend, is for you. You get your very own Dick Shiner. Yay. Hot dog. Thank you very much. And he didn't even have to go to the beehive to get it. No, I didn't. Sadly, I got it from Brian. All right. <laughs> Honey, how was your show, Jeff? Well, I got a Dick Shiner from Brian. Yeah, I'll sleep on the couch. All right, Dave. Go. I don't how do you follow this up? I'm a timeshare on the on the couch, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So um it happens every year that I've been with BTSC. It's that you get to April and you are almost yes, there's the excitement of the draft of wanting to know who's gonna be the who's gonna be that guy. When their name gets called, you know that that's someone that's gonna be with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're someone that you're gonna follow through training camp, you're gonna watch the preseason, you're gonna know everything that's going on with them. But when we hit April, man, I just get burnt out from all the talk and speculation. I'm just, I, it, it's really exhausting. And if you're in the live chat still, you're probably like, I love it, but yet I get what you're saying. It could be exhausting. The people that want to specifically talk about positions, they have to take this person. Oh, they're doing this. They're doing that. I, I just love for the guessing and speculation to be over. So we're getting there. Three more weeks. You'll get to hear us on here talking about the Steelers' first-round draft pick, hopefully, you know, unless there's a trade or something something like that. But uh, I know it's exhausting, but the end is near. It's in sight. Get ready for it. There you go. All right. Good show, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Everyone that's watching live on Facebook or YouTube, thank you for being a part of the show. We appreciate you and all those listeners on our audio platform only. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Remember, subscribe or follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. We'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy. When I know that it can never really be the same. How? Oh.